Welcome to ID the Future, a podcast about evolution and intelligent design. I'm your host today, Mike Keyes, and we're going to continue a conversation we had with Mike Flannery about his review of a recent book by Ken Miller called The Human Instinct, How We Evolve to Have Reason, Consciousness, and Free Will. Welcome back to our show, Mike. Hi, Mike. All right. So, last time we kind of went over what the book was about, his argument, how it fails. But let's explore a little further how to characterize the fundamental thesis that Miller is trying to support. I mean, he's, he's allegedly supporting what is traditionally called theistic evolution. And with your historic backdrop knowledge, and you've watched this debate for a long time, what do people generally mean by the term theistic evolution? And to what degree does Ken Miller fit or not fit within that category in his recent book and his other books? Yeah, this is, that's an excellent question, Mike. And, and I think Sometimes terms are bandied about so much that we sort of lose sight of their inherent meanings. And that is certainly the case with Ken Miller. It's certainly the case with Carl Giberson and these people all refer to themselves as theistic evolutionists. Okay, well, what does that mean? I think in terms of, of Miller's recent book, The Human Instinct, it comes out a little more and sort of a sub-argument. It's, a, it's an argument that Miller launches in relation to Marilyn Robinson's The Death of Adam, an old book that came out in the late 1990s. And anyway, he really wants to challenge Marilyn Robinson and says that she's wrong in asserting that Darwinism is a, a demeaning and destructive influence. Uh, in fact, I think she refers to it as a as a chilling theory, and he says, "No, this is this is simply not true. It's it's uh, an inaccurate portrayal." And in fact, he doesn't even like the fact that she uses the term Darwinism or Darwinian. Now, in typical fashion, <laughs> Miller will attack her for using the term Darwinism because he he says, "Oh, it turns it into an ideology." And yet he refers to Darwinism and Darwinian principles all the time using that term. In, in fact, in his book on the human instinct. So it's not okay when, when Robinson does it, but when he does it, apparently it's all right. <laughs> and, and it, <laughs> the problem is with Miller's treatment of the whole evolution question, I think. And again, he throws around this term as if it has one meaning. And that one meaning is the one that was first enunciated by Charles Darwin. It was promoted by uh, Thomas Henry Huxley's ex-club. The opposite side of the evolution coin is then cast, always in terms of special creation, the primarily theological notion that animal and human life was created by divine fiat, largely in its present form and specially suited to its environment in six days, usually in a 6,000-year-old earth. And so, in effect, what what Miller does is he, he counters the Darwinian view with this sort of straw man view of what virtually the only other alternative could be, and that's the special creationism. What this fails to recognize is that historically there, there have been a lot of theistic or let's just say theistically inclined views of evolution. 
Alfred Russell Wallace had one with The World of Life in 1910. Henry Bergson's Creative Evolution is another permutation of that. Deschardins, the French Jesuit priest, talked about the Omega Point and had his own sort of cosmic view of, of a, a universe that was guided by an overruling mind. Anyway, there's, there's a lot of different permutations, and to, to distinguish Darwinian evolution, which he always equates with science, and special creationism, which is really his, his favored straw man argument, is, again, overly simplistic. So I would argue that the term theistic evolution is, in many ways, an inappropriate term to use when we're talking about Miller's position or Collins' position or Gibson's position, for that matter. Uh, I would say what they really are are Darwinian theists. They are attempting to reconcile Darwin's chance-based theory with a god of providence, a providential god. Now, I think that's pretty tricky to do, and it's a little bit like trying to fit the square peg in the round hole. But they don't often like to present that view because it sort of makes their straw man go away. Right. And, and they really have to explain their positions. And I've never seen one yet that was particularly satisfying. So theistic evolution, as you look at it historically, there was those who you would categorize in that under that label they had a more substantial theism or they thought of providence in in a more robust manner than miller does is that the one of the main differences they're not they're not darwinian based they're they're based in one idea or another of evolution change through time that is guided that is in some not may or may not be a Christian God as we think of it, but but it is a overruling theistic presence that is either panentically, sometimes pantheistically, but involved in the creative process. And and there's lots of different examples of, of that. Um, physicist Oliver Lodge had a theistic version of evolution that he published in the 1920s. I think the one that is, at least as you think of these different theistic views, the one that's most interesting, we don't really have time to go into it, but uh, is is Alfred Russell Wallace's uh, sort of, in, in some ways, the capstone to all of his work in evolution was published in 1910, The World of Life, which which is about a, a world governed by uh, mind, design, and purpose. So my point is, is that there really are genuinely theistic versions of evolution. But being a Darwinian theist is a little bit different because you're trying to you're, you're trying to reconcile Darwin's specific chance and stochastic processes with a design theory of some, uh, some kind that is intentional and goal teleological sometimes. Yeah. So the term Darwinian theist, the Darwinian, that adjective that modifies theist, it, it may modify it so much that the, claim to be theistic might be problematic, right? 
Right. I, I think the term the term is an accurate description of, of certain individuals who hold that position, Miller, Miller being one of them. But I also think the term brings out more fully the inherent contradictions in it. Right. So in your own work on Wallace, of course, you've published a number of books and your 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 new book, Nature's Prophet, has the subtitle of Alfred Russell Wallace and his evolution from natural selection to natural theology. So, like you say, it's a huge topic and that's a great backdrop for better understanding, by contrast, the sort of thing that Ken Miller is doing in uh, The Human Instinct. So, what other thoughts can you formulate for us about Miller's work? You know, what sort of thing is he actually doing in his book, The Human Instinct? Any final words about, about Miller's book? Well, again, what, what, what Miller is doing is he's saying that, first and foremost, Darwinism is science. Science is Darwinism. If we talk about Darwin's theory, we are inherently talking about settled, confirmed science. This is not speculative anymore. It's not guesswork. It is settled. Right. I look at the broader literature, that's not quite true because there's still lots of questions regarding the theory, and it's not nearly as firm as he would like us to believe. But I think what he's doing in this particular book is he, he's taking that confirmed science view of Darwinism and saying, well, the one thing that has been most problematic for people is the application of the Darwinian theory to the human condition. In, in this book, The Human Instinct, he attempts, I think, unsuccessful. Right. Well, I encourage our listeners to check out on Amazon both your book, Mike. I'm looking at it right now. It's on Amazon. And also another companion book that would be very useful is called Theistic Evolution, A Scientific, Philosophical, and Theological Critique with Crossway Books. And then, of course, your, your book, Mike, is again called Nature's Prophet, Alfred Russell Wallace and His Evolution from Natural Selection to Natural Theology. So, you get it definitely into the science and into the theological issues of this uh, co-discoverer, along with uh, Charles Darwin, of the idea of natural selection. So, thanks for bringing this all to bear to contemporary debates uh, that are continually raised by folks like Ken Miller. So, thanks for joining us, Mike. Thank you, Mike. All right, this is Mike Keyes with ID the Future. Thanks for joining us. This program was recorded by Discovery Institute's Center for Science and Culture. ID the Future is copyright Discovery Institute. For more information, visit intelligentdesign.org and idthefuture.com.